0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pod dim America. This is Anders, and it's uh, going to be a bit of an unusual episode. I'm, I'm hesitant to call it a bonus episode. It is a, a tribute episode to one of our former guests, who I'm, I'm sorry to say has passed on. Uh, as some of you may know, Ryan Carson, who was an uh, advocate against... Over overdose death, as well as bad environmental policy and a, uh, a poet, um, and a really great guy, unfortunately has, has passed on. Uh, he was interviewed by us in 2021. Um, actually right before he was about to walk across the state of New York to draw attention to Andrew Cuomo's failed promise, broken promise to build more safe injection sites. Um, so we talked to him back then, and uh, when I saw this news, I, of course, was shocked and, frankly, a little hesitant, personally, on, on sharing this um, interview again. I, I don't want to misrepresent my relationship with Ryan. I, know, I knew him primarily as uh, a guest for this interview, and we did follow each other on Twitter Uh, after that, but, um, just seeing the outpouring of, of love and affection for him, um, made me want to, to bring attention to, to his life and help celebrate that life, uh, which some of his loved ones are, I'm sure are trying to do right now, um, I'm not going to dwell on the details of his death, but I think that's an important thing uh, when someone passes on is to, to focus on what they what they did in the world, and I think a lot of that is on display in this interview, uh, how he spent his time fighting for justice, and it, uh, also who he was, just a really knowledgeable person who had a lot of insight and was very charismatic and, and very funny as well. Um, so, yeah, I hope this helps people uh heal and and mourn him uh, if they so choose to listen which you know they may not and that's fine uh, and also our, our regular listeners just be reminded of, of re- this really amazing guy a um, couple quick notes when this interview was recorded it's probably a story for another time I was in my girlfriend's dad's closet at his apartment in Harlem to record this episode so my audio quality is not perfect Shall always say, but it is still uh, serviceable. And again, is a really great interview uh, because of Ryan. And uh, so I wanted to note that. Also, I will be putting a link in the description for a, a GoFundMe for Ryan's loved ones, primarily his partner, I believe. And it appears to have surpassed the goal, but I'm sure they would appreciate it if uh, there's a little more support tacked on. Uh, so if you want to do that, that's up to you. And um, yeah, we'll be back to regular episodes. This we'll be doing our regular episodes this week. I just wanted to again share this um, interview and and help celebrate someone who is really an, an amazing soul. So without further ado, let's go to our interview with Ryan Carson from June of 2021.
1: Okay, we are now joined by Ryan Carson from No O D N Y. Ryan, welcome to the show. What's up, man?
2: Yeah, Yo, thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I gotta ask: Is that intentionally uh, supposed to spell nude?
2: Uh, yeah, you know, it definitely, it definitely came up when we were like brainstorming a name. You know, we're uh, doing a partnership with uh, Shea Stadium, Brooklyn, that's going to be coming up called Nude Fest. Nice. Uh, so uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some performers, some bands, and shit like that. Um, and yeah, so look out for Nude Fest. It's gonna be uh, June twenty second. It's a uh, Tuesday evening.
0: Cool. So Shea Stadium is. Although is no longer a physical place, but is uh, sort of a uh, still exists.
2: Yeah, it does still exist. I mean, right. so um, the folks that have been kind of promoting for the last couple of years, uh, they're actually going to exist again. They're in the middle of uh, getting a new space. So um, they're going to cool. be relaunching. So you're going to be able to enjoy shows from them, um, you know, coming up, I think, like. Maybe as soon as September. Honestly, they're getting uh, awesome. pretty close to re- relaunching.
1: You were talking uh, Shea Stadium, the DIY space, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where not the not where here? the Mets play.
0: That's oh, important to uh, <laughs>
2: distinguish.
1: I'm re- realizing now. Yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Not uh, not City Field. No, or uh, you know <laughs> the, the the former Shea Stadium. Uh, right, right. Both don't exist, but one is coming back. Well, I, 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 I watched
1: a lot of cool shows at Shea Stadium, the venue while I was around, so I'm very happy to hear that. But I was excited for a minute because I thought maybe the Mets were really concerned with like Narcan training or something
0: yeah they're kicking a, out city city group from their uh name and they're going back to yeah
1: yeah
2: was, there was a period of time where i was actually trying to pursue getting mr met at a, <laughs> a press conference uh you know he's a real family man um so i think you know i think that it would have been uh would have been the right way to go
1: what if you got- he does
0: have a bit bad habit that he doesn't like to yeah get attention to but that's, he's very that's much why he guy.
1: looks so angry what about cocaine keith hernandez did he play for the mets i don't know shit about uh sports who, who I, don't is,
2: know, I don't know. Did Keith or it? I honestly don't know. I don't know either. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually unfortunately a Red Sox fan, you know, so it's, <laughs> Ooh, okay, a, or a He bit was
1: on that. the match. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good Andrews Lee segue. See, speaking of uh, striking out, no, that's not good. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just tell us about No? Yeah, ODNY? You know what? You know what's
0: uh a big been a big problem in the legal system is they're trying to play baseball with three strikes you're out. <laughs> and uh
2: you know, that was actually pretty good, Anders. I'll give you. you that yeah. one. I'll give you that one, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so you know, three strikes you're out kind of uh ties into you know how Joe Biden actually plays into this whole thing. So I there guess kind go. of an overview of the campaign is you know, um so we launched No ODNY on June first. Um, So we're um, a coalition of organizations um, kind of from uh, throughout the state and also nationally. So Um, It's uh, Vocal New York, which a lot of folks are probably familiar with. Um, They do a lot of really great harm reduction advocacy, Um, Students for Sensible Drug Policy and um, Drug Policy Alliance. And so um, those are kind of the key players in this organizing effort. But um, essentially, over um, the course of the month of July, I'm going to walk over the state of New York. So um, on July 1st, we're doing an introductory press conference on the steps of City Hall. Um, There's going to be a bunch of electeds. um, And we're going to be, from there, walking from New York City to Buffalo um, to put pressure on Governor Cuomo to um, you know, create um, overdose prevention centers in New York state. So, uh, which is something that he promised that he was going to do in 2018 um, and then kind of uh, was a little chicken shit about. So um, we're going to basically um, kind of hold his ass to the fire on this and make sure that, uh, you know, we finally get this thing done. But, you know, Joe Biden also kind of has a role to play in this. And, you know, he was, uh, you know, a big guy on the drug war himself. And so, um, you know, we basically need kind of two things to happen. Um, we need Governor Cuomo to say that he's going to create these overdose prevention centers, which are already totally ready ready to go is kind of the key thing to know here in 2018 he promised um, a coalition of organizations led by vocal and housing works that he was going to create these spaces and so um, there was also this study that was done by um, city council to see if they were going to be effective and if they um, could be run by the city and so yeah they're totally ready to go and there would also be one in Ithaca New York as well so that is um, they're totally ready to go it's basically like a light switch that needs to happen but Mm -hmm. what the governor is doing is he's saying that you know because of the lawsuit that happened in philadelphia um last year that about opening one of these sites in philadelphia um that you know the federal government doesn't support it um but you know joe biden all he has to do is basically just tell the department of justice to drop that case and then we're totally ready to go and we're off and running so it's kind of like a two-tiered thing but the governor you know he's uh he, he likes to flex his relationship with joe biden um he's also you know um he could just kind of press this i mean you know we're seeing um Kind of, you know, the maybe it looks like the deadliest year for opioids on record um, in the U.S. during the pandemic. So, um, you know, he definitely needs to come forward and do it. And, you know, his son's a user himself. So, um, you know, this is obviously something that is uh, close to Joe Biden's heart. And he's been saying that he wants to, you know, right the wrongs from what he did during uh, the drug war.
1: I didn't even and think is about that,
0: that. Uh, the thing in Philadelphia, is that all, it all related to the safe injection site that was supposed to be built in Kensington or is that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um, they were trying to open a site there. Um, and basically what ended up happening was the uh, Trump Department of Justice stepped in and they were um, going after the statute, which is called the crack house law. Um, which basically forbids um, sites where people go to use drugs um, in numbers, basically. I mean, that's the really short and simple version of it. Um, but yeah, so they stepped in and there's been a lawsuit, a counter lawsuit. There's now an open case. And so the department of justice can just completely make it go away if they want to.
0: Right. Yeah. We just watched uh Philly DA, the docu series about uh, the Krasner administration and his yeah. like time in power. And that was a big issue there. Just like, a lot of people who, in their neighborhood, there's a lot of, you know, crime and a lot of drug use, and they have kids seeing needles and stuff, and it's for some reason, it just doesn't compute that, like, that can all go away if you just put a safe injection site there, and you don't have to see any of that stuff, but that's still, like, a massive political hurdle. Uh, Do you think that there is, like, hope, though, in the future that in philly and elsewhere that we can build more of these things
2: yeah i definitely think so i mean it's it's interesting you know i mean when i'm uh when i'm lobbying um, politicians in new york state about this and stuff they're always saying well you know what about the nimby's in my neighborhood The not my backyard folks that are saying you know well i i don't want one of these sites in my neighborhood but you know those those nimby's are also the same people that are like you're saying Anders, that are like complaining about you know people that are on the street using and so this is a way to um get those people into a safe space and i mean you know one of the other things that I hear all the time is that, you know, there's Um, You know, people say to me, like, oh, well, we don't really have the science about how these places are going to work. But, you know, these places exist in over 100 cities across the the entire world, Um, not in America yet. But, you know, nobody's ever overdosed there. And in places like Vancouver, we've seen that there's been a 30 percent decrease in overdoses um, in the surrounding area around their site, which is called Insight Onsite. Um, And a lot of people end up, you know, getting the rehabilitation services that they need. You know, there's also um, a decrease in things like fentanyl in the surrounding area. Because people know that you know these drugs are going to be tested, um, so it's definitely a win-win for the community, and it definitely is something that you know I, I think that we desperately, desperately need in New York with kind of the uptick that we've had. I mean, in August of 2019 to August 2020, we had 88,000 people OD in America, um, which you know was up from 70,000 the year before. So I mean, it's been an unbelievably devastating year for people, and we just need to get people the care that they need. Frankly,
1: do you know but, why there was an uptick? I've heard people try to explain this in terms of like COVID.
2: Well, so I mean, people are definitely isolated, you know, I mean, like people, um, I know, I know personally, a lot of people in my life that relapsed. Um, and you know, people were definitely dealing with real stress. And we're definitely, you know, just stuck inside and we're like alone with their own thoughts. And, um, you know, I definitely like I talked to somebody who was a public school teacher in Binghamton, New York recently, who relapsed just because she knew it was in her building. She was incredibly distressed for about six months. And she knew that there was a dealer in her building, and she eventually just relapsed. And so I think that that's kind of of uh common for a lot of people and you know the other thing is that there's just so much fentanyl now i mean there's fentanyl and cocaine in new york city now and like record record numbers so i think that you know we just need to be really cautious about what is in these in um, in these doses that people are taking Well, particularly with heroin it's 50 of people who die of a heroin overdose is because there's fentanyl in there
1: well that's what i'm kind of curious about this is kind of what sparked uh the idea to even talk about this really in my life recently is uh I I don't seem to have an answer for why like what is why is why are people putting fentanyl in coke and heroin? What is the purpose of that? What does it do? Does it pad it
2: And so yeah, I mean it's it's basically that it's just getting like I mean the the street term is it gets stepped on, you know, basically like if you're getting so much of, you know, whatever drug it is that you're trying to deal, you're trying to deal as little of that drug as possible. And so you're gonna start cutting it with other things. Yeah, you're spreading And it. so like You know, in five years ago um, in cocaine in New York City, and these are the NYPD numbers five years ago, there was only um, two percent of cocaine in New York actually had fent in it. Um, and now it's, um, up to 8%. So nearly one in 10 bags of Coke that you could be buying in New York city now could have fentanyl in it. And it only takes two milligrams of fentanyl to kill you. I mean, it's 50% more, uh, deadly than morphine. So, cool. you know, it's, it's just a way of people being able to pad it out to be able to make more money over time. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, frankly, it's frankly, super fucked up, you know, I mean, I, if, right. I, I think that like the fact that it's like people are starting to become aware of this is really good. But, you know, people need to be really concerned about, you know, how to test their bag. Um, And also, you know, now I think that we're seeing it happen kind of in record numbers because people are going out for the first time in New York City, right? People are going out, they're trying to party. People are trying to have a good time. And, you know, people just need to be conscious about what that means for them. Is there
0: some other, and I mean this seriously, like if there are drug dealers out there who, who are penny pinchers, like, is there some other safe thing that they can cut Coke with, because you're killing your customers, right? Can't they just use like I don't know, salt or uh,
2: baking soda? You know, used to soda. be the thing that people went for. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's so many different. I mean, the thing that if you're if you're using cocaine in New York, I think for like a long time now, it's. Ben, uh, you know, you're, you're usually not like using that much cocaine. You're usually getting other types of (laughs) uppers in there. You're getting other types of stuff, you know, you're getting uh, a baking soda. You might end up with like muffins coming out of your nose or whatever. But I think that like, you know, we, we really, it's like a a child's
1: volcano science experiment coming out of your mouth. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, drug dealers maybe should take it upon themselves to, uh, you know, just, um, actually test this stuff. You know, I mean, if you go onto like Dance Safe's website, um, you can just buy fentanyl testing strips for like a dollar. I mean, they're pretty cheap. And, you know, I think that if you're like lower down on the totem pole of like your local drug dealer, maybe you should just be checking it out. Because um, I mean, kind of what we saw over that last holiday weekend um, was pretty terrifying. And I think most cocaine users don't really know that there might be fent in there. Whereas like, if you're if you're a heroin user, the chances are you're probably pretty aware that there is fentanyl in what you might be buying. Whereas like your average, like cocaine user and especially people are going out for the first time and partying, maybe haven't used cocaine in a while. um, Those people definitely aren't thinking about it. I don't think.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I'm curious about, so New York state, like, do you feel like this is possibly something that Cuomo is keeping in his back pocket, kind of like legal marijuana, you know, for like when the other shoe drops on, I guess the, centipede of shoes on his you know many many scandals is he just like saving this for when he gets in trouble again he can well, distract
2: so the the reason why he did this in the first place i mean so in 2018 when he promised he was going to do it it was because cynthia nixon was primary right. him and so i think that that's like you know kind of he basically just completely backed off as soon as that primary was over and hasn't communicated to any of the groups that he promised these facilities to um so you know i think like I mean, the guy's already scandalized about the Department of Health. That's one of the reasons why we want to do this campaign in the first place is, you know, he ordered the Department of Health to cover up all these old people that he killed in these, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in these nursing homes. And so, you know, it's he's already scandalized by the Department of Health. And he did that so that he could get a book deal, basically. I mean, the guy's a fuck. Yeah. You know, I I think that, you know, he's he's maybe holding on to it in his back pocket. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane at this point with the like completely record numbers that we're seeing that he's not taking action because, you know, he would be lauded as a hero. I mean, if he wants to, you know, flex his like progressive, like bona fides or whatever, you know, he, all he'd have to do is just like flip the light switch and, you know, get a, get a really great, like New York or Atlantic story about him or something. I
0: bet if when the, uh, nursing home investigation comes through, he's going to be like, they would,
2: they were doing Coke at elsewhere that was spent in their Coke. Yeah, we got to create these systems. We're going to we're going to put a we're going to put an overdose prevention center in every single uh, nursing home around the city of New York, you know. Um, So, yeah, which, you know, but might not be a bad idea. You know, I mean, you could you could bring in two unlikely allies. You could bring in your drug users. You could bring in folks that are, uh, you know, uh, that are old folks that, uh, you know, are looking for company, you know. Right. Yeah. Can you? Uh, I mean,
1: speaking of like the absurdity of uh, you know old folks blasting rails, that's a fun image. But like, can you tell me in your experience, you know, organizing in this field about the uh, the demographics of people that use coke? Because I, it's interesting to me. It's been kind of like debated. Uh, it's always portrayed as this party drug, and people would go as far as to say it's like bougie or something like that. But it's also incredibly addictive, and then there's also crack, which is, you know, the the, the same drug it's sold in a more addictive fashion. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think this is, I mean, is this just a, a party drug, or is there, you know, is there something else going on here with, like... S- s- I I guess the reason I'm asking this is a lot of people would dismiss it and go, well, it's just fucking hipsters. Let them fucking die. Let them overdose or whatever. I don't find that to be the case in my life, especially because I work in restaurants and, you know, half the fucking industry is fueled on the goddamn drug. Um, I don't know. What do you think about that, though? I mean, I'm open to being wrong about this.
2: I mean it's de- I mean it's definitely like a racialized issue for sure. I mean, you know, like crack like the like the crack house law and stuff which is what we're pushing back against to get overdose prevention centers in New York, you know. I mean, it- it's definitely, you know, I mean It's entirely that it's used to just, like, police black and brown people, you know. I mean, that's entirely what it is. Whereas, you know, cocaine, particularly in the 80s, which is when, like, you know, I feel like this kind of, like, split happened with cracking cocaine. Like, you know, people who were using cocaine were people who were voting for fucking Reagan, you know. I mean, like, It's so, you know, which... Ties it all back to like Joe Biden, too. I mean, the crack house law has his fucking fingerprints all fucking over it. And, you know, I definitely think it's super racialized. And like, I totally agree with you, Jake. I mean, like, you know, as somebody who's worked in restaurants myself, you know, I mean, like, I like, you know, I don't think I've ever been around like, a like, chef in like New York City that like, isn't using cocaine, you know? What I mean? <laughs> Um, yeah. So it's at, and, le- it's at
1: the know, very least an in joke in the industry that it's just around. Oh, for a sure, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Stuff. And I
2: mean, you know, I, I think like whenever anybody goes back to the bar afterwards, you know, there's always like somebody who is using. And so it's definitely a party drug. But I also think like it, like a lot of people use it to get things done. I mean, I don't yeah. know how like dissimilar it is necessarily from even something like Adderall. You know, where like people are popping that to just get things done around their apartment, honestly, and right. like. You know, I mean, I and for me, I think that's why it's really important to decriminalize all drugs, because like, you know, nobody should be going to jail just because of like what it is that they're like putting into their bodies. You know, I I definitely like, you know, I think we have to treat it like a public health issue, which is kind of exactly what it is. You know, if people are dying in such massive numbers, we need to like take steps to keep people alive frankly and that's exactly what things like overdose prevention centers or safe injection facilities do
1: well it's to me what it seems like is that um you know cocaine is kind of a party drug but in the united states we have a service economy and so
2: yo, yeah that's a really good, like, good point man. a lot You're of us
1: right? our job is to throw the fucking party every night you know and it's not a, that's a working class job I mean, being in the fucking yeah. service sector in this country so i think it's Partially, like, why it's out there so much and why at least I've run into it in my experience. But I guess my other question about this is, uh, you know, to kind of just upend the entire debate about that, d- does Narcan and fentanyl strips and things like that, I mean, does all this stuff, does this work with crack at
2: all? Well so Narcan like it, like explicitly like reverses uh, you know the overdose for like heroin so it's like actually like made in oh, order no, sorry, to, do that's that. to heroin yeah yeah but like so fe- like fentanyl testing strips i mean it's fentanyls popping up in everything so i mean like if you're if you're going out if you're using especially if you're not somebody who's like you know somebody who uses regularly you know i mean The, like, couple bucks that you're going to drop to get a couple of fentanyl testing strips, I mean, could save your life. And Mm. I think people who are going out who are partying, especially now that, like, shows are reopening in New York, I think that, like, you know, there are going to be, like, festivals at the end of the summer and stuff like that. People should just kind of have it on them. Um, And, you know, I think that, like, ultimately, you know, I – I think that we just need to do everything that we can to um, just get people to know what it is that they might be putting into their body. And, you know, I think that opening things like overdose prevention centers where people will just kind of know in their head, like, Oh, I'm going to go use drugs tonight. I should go make sure that my bag is good to go beforehand. You know, whether it's uh, you know, whether they're going to be going out or they want to use on site. I think that people just need to know what it is that they're getting themselves in for, because I mean, the uptick that we're seeing in fentanyl is absolutely insane right now. And, it only takes two milligrams of fentanyl to kill the average person. So um, Mm. not very much at all. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, and I think that you're totally right. I mean, about cocaine oftentimes actually being a working class drug at this point. So, um, yeah, I mean, we just need to do kind of try everything that we possibly can to keep people alive, you know? My, I guess right.
1: the reason I have that personal agenda is just because I've been fighting with people on Twitter about this stuff, and I think it's interesting, and I also think that that's like a an angle that's um, being used and will probably be cynically used by our enemies to dismiss this sort of stuff. So sure. I guess I'm just curious about the ways in which this sort of stuff, like, uh, you know, OD centers and, and like safe injection and all this this entire philosophy of, uh, you know, drug treatment is useful to, you know, poorer black and brown neighborhoods. And pitch me that this is not just. Enabling Brooklyn hipsters to go get fucked up, you know. Oh, for sure. I mean, if
2: anything. you if you just look at like the CDC's data about who it is that's like dying of overdoses right now, you know, it's it's definitely the reason why people care about it is because it's white middle class kids that are dying now. But I mean, it, this has been a problem for so long. I mean, if you were to take like the Bronx, for example, if you just take the Bronx out as its own state, it has the second highest OD rate in um, the country. So I mean, that's that, that just tells you everything that you need to know about the problem right there i mean like i definitely like understand and i hear this from like black elected officials, when we're like, when we're lobbying on this issue, for sure, that they're like, well, you know, this is, uh, you know, the only reason why people care about this now is because it's like, upper middle class white kids that are dying, which, you know, is definitely true. And I mean, like, yeah, fucking course. But I mean, I think that like, where these centers are primarily going to help people are particularly in black and brown uh, neighborhoods. And on top of that, you know, I mean, for for me, I mean, we need to do everything that we can to take away like, the NYPD's ability to police those neighborhoods, and we need to give people a safe space to use. I mean, one of the things that I've heard from a lot of drug advocates around the country is, as we're legalizing marijuana, it's giving the police less of a reason to stop people or to kick in people's doors because they don't smell pot, you know? And so, uh, the the more and more that we can do in order to protect those people, you know, the better. But, like, you know, and I totally, and I definitely hear it all the time, I mean, about like, you know, that's mostly like white hipster that are dying and stuff like that but you know i mean a life is a life is a life but at the same time you know these centers i mean if you just look at what the overdose data is like it's basically you know it's the poorest areas that are particularly black and brown neighborhoods that are getting the like raw steel out of all of this
1: yeah and the bronx that's where the yankees play not the mets that's interesting
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah no, gonna, i mean uh do the yankees even have a mascot i mean <laughs> I, I i don't think so <laughs>
1: it's like an evil guy with a top hat or something i don't really understand i, don't, I haven't
2: watched it's a people. monocle yeah yeah now it's
0: just sad a rod i think <laughs> uh but i'm curious like uh, from your time in the like legalization movement um and and now I've, i feel like this is it's more than just a legalization movement but at least you know 10 15 years ago when i was sort of starting to get involved in politics and you know thinking more radically it was like uh for every sort of progressive socialist like me there were like two libertarians who were basically like all drugs should be legalized no one should be put in jail full bodily autonomy but if you're addicted you're on your own like there's no help uh for anybody no social investment uh no you know investment in safe injection sites or like that maybe the Koch brothers would do a privatized safe injection site the coke brothers Oklahoma or something Yeah, right. I love those
1: guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But
2: has have you seen that
0: start to shift
2: uh, in in the movement? For sure, for sure. I mean, like I was, I was actually just talking with like another advocate on the phone, like on like Thursday. Um, who was uh, lobbying on this in Nevada where they also have like a bill on the table for um, safe injection facilities or overdose pre- prevention centers and so like the big thing with that is like you know the Koch brothers and Americans for Prosperity and stuff like that are starting to circle around that I mean you know they definitely don't believe in shit like universal care that like you know yeah. socialists like me believes in but like they definitely are coming around to the idea that like okay well if we need to decriminalize all drugs then you know we need, also need to have this because like you know I mean, you know, cynically, I definitely think like, you know, the Koch brothers, you know, would love to be able to just like sell stuff like heroin to people if they really can. Um, But, you know, I think that, you know, we, we're definitely seeing kind of libertarians shift on this and like you know Ameri- like Americans for prosperity you know who are, are very uh, libertarian right you know are like spending money on pushing overdose prevention center legislation across the country so it's definitely it's definitely starting to change and you know I think that like with like the libertarian right or whatever you know those those are the upper middle class white kids right, right. Or, or even richer so you know it's uh you know they're they're definitely seeing because it's like their friends that are dying right. um, so you know they're they're definitely definitely uh like getting involved and you know ultimately i think that like you know this is it's people like the like the fucking sackler family and stuff like that that peddled like oxys for years saying that it was non-addictive and now it's such a wide-ranging issue that virtually everybody knows somebody who's died from this shit so you know they're they dev- people are from all over are uh, you know getting involved
1: yeah totally all right well um yeah i guess uh just Pitch your organization one more time, man, and let's, uh, let's keep moving.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's called No ODNY. Um, we are going to be walking from New York City to Buffalo. Um, we're going to be doing um, some uh, direct action and stuff like that up in Albany um, You know, on uh, July 10th and 11th. Uh, we're really going to be targeting Governor Cuomo. And then over the rest of the month, we're going to be walking to Buffalo. So people should check us out. We're at No ODNY Campaign. Dot org. Um, and you can find us on social media at campaign on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, check us out. We definitely need volunteers. Uh, we got a GoFundMe going right now that we're $5,000 away from our goal. So anybody that can just, uh, you know, Give, uh, you know, even $5, 10 dollars. That just goes so fucking far on this type of grassroots work. And I mean, you know, I'm gonna be walking 500 miles talking to people about this, and really just trying to get the governor to do what he fucking said he was gonna do in 2018. You know, we've had so many thousands of people die since then. It's time that he fucking makes that right. It's time that he actually takes a stand. It's time that he has some balls on this issue and, you know, save some lives. So, you know, if people want to join us, you know, if you can uh, check us out on our website. You can come walk with us for a bit. You can donate money. You can come to one of our press conferences. We're doing Narcan trainings um, in cities all across the state while we're going through the month of July. So definitely check us out. Give money if you can. Volunteer your time. Um, And, you know, every little bit goes so fucking far. And it's time that we actually just stop this fucking overdose epidemic and actually get, uh, you know, people the health, uh, the health care that they need, the treatment that they need and try and keep people alive.
1: All right, well, I'm walking nice. here. That's a New York way <laughs> to... I'm fucking walking
2: here. I'm going to fucking <laughs> Buffalo. So yell it
1: at Cuomo the whole time, and then he'll yeah. hear it getting The entire closer, time,
2: closer. just uh, just going to have a megaphone, just screaming <laughs> at the bastard.
1: Hell yeah. All right, well, thanks, man. And I'll link all that stuff in the show notes, so please no, Thank you so money. much,
2: guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thank coming.
1: you for the work you're doing, man. No, no, thank you, guys. There. Cool.